Hey guys, I'm Randy. And I'm Daniel. We're two lifelong friends and musicians, but when we're not playing gigs, we like to talk games. And today on the Game and Gig Podcast, we're talking about the ticking time bomb that is modern free-to-play games. So Randy, I sent you an article earlier in the week uh, from The Verge, and uh, the title of the article was, uh, it was kind of a funny article, you know, it was called... Uh, the ticking time bomb that is modern free-to-play games. And um, I just thought it was a really interesting article because it, it discussed a lot of things that, in a way, we've kind of talked about disliking for quite a while. Yeah, a lot of the concerns that we've expressed on the podcast in the past mm-hmm. were maybe summed up maybe more eloquently in this article than we've ever put it, but it definitely was an interesting read. And I think they approached it from a different angle than we normally do. Like we, we talk about how the, uh, the all digital future scares the crap out of us. Like mm-hmm. we're not new to that. Um, but I don't know that we've ever really talked about how the free to play games specifically are going to suffer because of this. Right. Cause it's a slightly different issue. It's a little more nuanced, right? It's not just about having a physical <clears throat> copy. It's really like that. These games can't exist in anything but a digital space. And because of that, once the servers are down, the games are just gone. And what can you do? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. If you're like me, you know, you maybe have never thought about that before. But, I mean, think about all the mobile games that are big. Uh, Or the best example to me is Fortnite. You know, Fortnite does not have a single-player mode. So one of these days, probably a long time from now because it makes tons of money, Um, you know, they're going to decide to stop supporting Fortnite servers. They're going to shut down. And this massive, like worldwide phenomenon that has literally like changed pop culture will just be gone. Mm -hmm. It's crazy to think that we could see a future in which it's just like lost gaming, which there are tons of games that have been lost that were single player games. But it seems like these free to play games are almost destined to almost certainly have. They're like double lost. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we love Sea of Thieves. Mm-hmm. That's gonna that's gonna be gone one day. There's no single player Sea of Thieves. There's no offline Sea of Thieves. Uh, Apex Legends, not our favorite game, but a lot of people's favorite game. Mm-hmm. That's no single player. You know, there's really no shortage of of games that are in the same boat. Right, and I mean, there are some workarounds. <clears throat> you know, like what we I think like the most common workaround I've seen is that like games like uh, that were. These MMOs, they might have like someone will set up a private server mm-hmm. to try to keep the game going, but even that relies on someone maintaining this private server. Right. So you know, it's it eventually is going to have a death. <clears throat> and Daniel, you okay, man? Man, I'm you just choking on some water. No, I just get choked up when I think about Fortnite going away forever because I've just <laughs> I've re-fallen in love with it, and um, it just kind of touches me. Um. So. I'm not, I'm not going to make a joke about that. There's a joke to be had there, but I'm not going to make it. What are you talking about? Exactly. I'm just going to leave it. If you didn't get it, I'm not going to. I'm not going to spell it out for you. Fortnite touched me. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to try to get us back on topic here. Fortnite touched me. Yep. Eventually, you're going to get it. It's going to come to you. But, <laughs> so, but for real though, all these online games once they're down Mm -hmm. there's a good chance that we may not see them now i've got an idea i think that this is something that we could potentially see happen okay hit me with it so like i had an idea of a um, 
Because in the article, they talked about how, um, I think it was one of the Kingdom Hearts mobile games. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was called. But it has, they've like created an offline mode where at least you can go and like see the things that you've yeah. you've done. You can like see your accomplishments. You can't play the game, but you can at least, there's still a version of the game where you can go look at the yeah. stuff you've done. At least you, at least it's not completely gone. Kingdom Hearts X, I think is what it's called. Okay. Yeah. So... That is an option. Mm-hmm. But what I would really like to see for something like Fortnite, Sea of Thieves, Apex Legends, I think that uh, if I were the developer of, of these games and I wanted to preserve them, what I would like to see happen is once the game is shutting down, they create a legacy version of the game. There's a physical cartridge or a physical disc. Mm-hmm. And what it is is it's a single player version of the game where you still play against all bots yeah but it preserves and maybe like have every map that you could pull mm-hmm. up and like every weapon and just be away like a, a giant vault yeah of that, the game and even though you and maybe can't, you could even play your friends yeah and awesome. maybe you know like maybe it isn't the game as mm-hmm. you know because it requires everyone to be hooked up to servers yeah like maybe if you could figure out a way to make it serverless so it really could at least the legacy of the game be preserved mm-hmm. so that if you wanted to have a way to at least go see all this stuff again. That's what I would like to see. That would be really cool for Fortnite specifically because we've already lost like several incarnations of the Fortnite map. Think about how different the map is now than it was the first time we played Fortnite. Oh yeah. It's very different. And we can't go back to that. I'm assuming that those maps are stored somewhere. Like they probably have it somewhere. You would think so. You would think. But I don't know that they ever um, are planning to let us see it again. Yeah, no, but wouldn't it be cool if, if we could? You it know, would be. like if they created this physical version of the game that really was just meant to be a legacy, you know, just to remember the game by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it may take. Some, I know they already have implemented bots into the game, so right. surely they could make really, it so that. In a really well done way, too. <laughs> Shout out to Fortnite for bringing in bots when you're new to the game without telling you. Good on you. Yeah. It lets you learn the game, build a little confidence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, man. Yeah, they did so good. Yeah, they did. They do a good job of that. Um, <laughs> you know what else is good? Cana Bridge of Spirits. Have you ever wished you could get Cana like never before? Well, now you can. In Cana and Sonic at the Olympic Games, coming soon to a console near you. Get Cana, folks. You hit my mic stand with Cana. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> my mic stand just got Cana. <laughs> I was trying, trying to, I was trying to go to more of a forty-five degree angle, but trying to maintain eye contact with the camera, it was tough, man. Yeah. So, you know, I would like to see a, some sort of physical version of these games just just for preservation's sake. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they're ever going to do that. But I think that would be a cool workaround. But a lot of these mobile games, that's not really an option. I mean, maybe they could figure out a way to preserve them somehow. But yeah, there are so many mobile games that come and go. What is know? that huge Genshin Impact? Oh, yeah. That game is huge and... Everybody says it's really well done, and it's like a mobile Breath of the Wild in a lot of ways, but is also essentially pay to win. Um, yeah, I mean that game's just going to go away one day. I, I mean, I've already have you know like there are many games that I played on a you know mobile games that I can't go back and play. Like one of the big ones that continuously comes up to me is um, Flappy Bird. Exactly. <laughs> well, Flappy Bird. Uh, yeah, that, that is one that a lot of people talk about. No, I don't really care to do that. But one game that I really wish I could access is uh, Tetris. So like Tetris. Yeah, there was a mobile version of Tetris. Okay, and it was actually a really good version of Tetris. 
and uh, they eventually, they supported it for a long time, and uh, then they closed it and they created a free-to-play version of Tetris, which mm-hmm. you'd think would be better, but the free-to-play version is, it's not as good as the OG Tetris game was, but when they introduced the free-to-play one, they got rid of the paid version, mm. and now you can't play that free official Tetris ah. on mobile anymore. It's just gone. Hmm. There's a lot of ways to play Tetris, but I, I guess not that specific right. version. And that was the version that I played the most Tetris on. Yeah. And it was a really good mobile... Because Tetris is one of those games that if you can <clears> just swipe and play, like it, it's mm-hmm. really a fun way to kill time. Yeah. And I don't like the free-to-play version. Huh. So well, I'm sorry that happened to you, man. I mean, so but it, that's just one of many games. I mean, like, think about how many mobile games there are. And the thing about mobile games is that they're typically... I know, like me, I play them for a few weeks and then I never play them again. Yeah. But... There have been times I'm like, ooh, I want to go back and play, you know, Cut mm-hmm. the Rope or, you know, whatever games you know, I've yeah. played in the past. And although a lot of them are still there and supported, some of them are just completely gone. You know, I actually revisited uh, Hill Climb Racing, too. Oh, that's a good the one. The other day. Yeah, yeah it, I used to play that one a lot. Dude, that game is so fun. Mm-hmm. I pulled it up at a, uh, well, it certainly wasn't at a faculty meeting. Let me tell you that. Okay. And um, I pulled I, up on your couch at home. On your own time. Exactly. Yeah. On my own time. And, uh, man, that game is so good. still so good. Yeah. I, I remembered to... exactly which car I like, liked the most, and I just jumped I liked the one I The one I liked the most, I remember, was some sort of, like, monster truck-looking thing. I don't remember. Mm, yeah, there's a monster truck or it two. Was, yeah. Several. There's several. There's like, several. Trucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that one. But, so, here's the thing. Is it okay? I mean, is that just the way these games are? Is it just, should we just accept it or should we like try to encourage or like create a movement where people are like trying to preserve these games? Because I personally really like game preservation. I buy mm-hmm. pretty much all physical when I can. Yeah. And <clears throat> it, it bums me out. Yeah. Um, it also, in a way, might maybe kind of makes it special. Like, you know, our grandkids, they're not going to probably be able to play Fortnite. And we did. Mm-hmm. You know, we took part in that. that yeah. So that kind of makes it special, but I'm not justifying. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I mean, but it's like the great philosopher Joe Dirt said, you know, better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. At all. <laughs> Is that what Joe Dirt said? Yeah. I don't remember Joe saying that. I think it might have been about his sister, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe don't take that advice. Yeah. Ouch. But um, but it's a weird conundrum, and, it, it, and it's interesting to think about. It is very interesting to think about. Um, those of you guys who are watching here, what do you think? <clears throat> do you think that this is a problem? Should there be more of a movement towards preservation of these mobile or free-to-play games? I mean, I get that they require to be online. They require servers, and eventually those are going to go down. But what yeah. is the solution? You I mean, know, you, can't, you can't allocate manpower to it forever, and I get that. No. But. But is there a solution or do we just have to accept the fact that these games are going to go away? Is it, you know, one thing we didn't talk about very much is about all the people who have poured tons and tons of money into these. Oh, man. Man, how do we skip over that? Yeah, it's like it is huge business. I mean, huge, huge money. Mm -hmm. All those. I mean, that's why it's so popular. That's why the free to play free to play game model with microtransactions is so popular Mm -hmm. because it's way more profitable. Right. I think that, if I'm not mistaken, um, the free-to-play gaming sector is the most profitable 
part of gaming now, right? Gotta be. It's gotta be. Gotta be. And uh, which is crazy that the free to play is the most profitable, but that's just the way it is. Uh, they knew what they were doing. Right. Because it taps into a side of your <clears throat> brain that is very different than when you just buy a game and play it and then you're mm-hmm. done with it. Well, I mean, you bought a battle pass yesterday on Fortnite. I'm not going to say that I wasn't pressured into it from my friends who all made me do it, but nobody, literally, no one made made him do that. No one made me do it, but they all (laughs) very heavily encouraged me to do it. I mean, I just told you, especially this one. I just told you why I thought it wasn't a bad idea. That's all I did. No, and as I and and that's all I did. I did not. You bought it, and I I didn't even know you had bought it. I like came back to the lobby, and I was like, "Did you get a battle pass, Randy?" Yeah. I spent the eight bucks. Yeah, because I mean, and my argument, I'll give it to you guys too. Like, um, you know, it's a free to play game. If you want to play it and not spend any money, you can totally do that. You can still be just as good and have just as much fun. You know, maybe, um, maybe. I mean, it depends on what you what you're into it for. You know, if you're yeah. just in it for the gameplay, you're not going to have any less fun. Um, but a battle pass is eight dollars. You get you get V bucks back. You know, if you want to just save them up and spend them on the next battle pass, you can do that. So that would essentially make it like a one-time purchase. Unless unless you don't make back exactly enough. I, I haven't ran the numbers on it, but I, I think you do. But it's close either way. Um, but you get so many, like, you know, just little silly things that make me laugh. Like mm-hmm. through the battle pass. That That's why I like it. Like, because mm-hmm. it just brings so much it just ridiculous makes it that much humor more fun into you. the game. Yeah. And since it's such a well-made game... We spend so much time playing it. We get so much enjoyment out of it. I don't mind spending $8. Right. It just no, doesn't bother yeah. me. No, I get that. Yeah. And I don't mind, you know, I think it all comes down to, <clears throat> you know, and this is a conversation maybe for another podcast is like where you spend your money in gaming is really what you're telling developers like, yeah. hey, this is what I want more of. I want True. you to spend your time doing this. So if, if that's what you like and that's what you want to support, like there's nothing wrong with putting money towards it. Right. True, true. That's a conversation we can maybe have about The Last of Us Part (laughs) 1. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, you know, the the big money doesn't come from the people who buy a battle pass every season. No. The big money comes from the people who see all the skins, you know, buy all the skins and all that. Exactly. Like the people who are constantly having to buy more V-Bucks, that's where the big money is. And there are people who do that. They buy literally everything. Everything new that comes out, they have to have it all because they're like collecting it and they Mm -hmm. get it all. But the thing is, is... Those are the people who are going to be the most burned when these servers go down. Yes. So it's like, are they going to, are those, because there's not, there's not an infinite supply of those type of people. No. So once they're burned by one game, they may not do that in the next free to play game they go to play. Good for them. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Don't do it now. If you're one of those people, you need to chill. Oh yeah. Find a skin you like and get it. And uh, if another one comes out a little later, maybe get it, but don't buy them all. Don't buy them all. Don't buy them all. You're, You're wasting your money. So, like I was saying, what do you guys think? Is this a problem? Is this something that we need to work to preserve? Are these free-to-play games an issue? Or is that just the way it is? Do we just need to accept it? Yeah. Let us know. At least we've got Kana. <laughs> At least we got Kana. Now, um, speaking of, you know, preserving games and having old <clears throat> retro games available to us, mm-hmm. that's one of the things I like about physical retro games yeah is that you can go back and play them whenever you get the you know hankering to do so Mm -hmm. and you don't even have to download any dlc nope you just go in you pop your cartridge in you play it and this is something that i was thinking about this week as i was a i got some uh, labels for n64 games Mm -hmm. and as i was doing that i was thinking about you know all the retro consoles i have and i keep them hooked up even though i don't play them very often 
I keep the SNES, the N64, all, you know, a lot of retro consoles hooked up, ready to play at a moment's notice. I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if other gamers do this or if, you know, I'm an outlier. Yeah. So I asked on a poll, do you keep any retro consoles hooked up and ready to play? And Daniel, you want to hiss with those results? Absolutely. At 43%, we had, yes, I still play some retro games on the original hardware. And at 57%, we had, no, I mainly only play newer games. So a fairly decent split. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of people do, you know, <clears throat> keep some sort of retro console hooked up. Mm -hmm. And uh, and mean, also, you know, what what is retro? Like, how, when does retro start? That is a tough one. In my mind, and I don't know why this is, I think it's the HD versus standard definition gaming. Yeah. So, like, in my mind, if it's not, if it's HD, I don't consider it retro. Like, say, like, the... Um, like, here, it's weird, but, like, the Xbox 360 certainly not retro. Yeah, um, no. Xbox is a little weird because you can do. Is right you can on go, the line. It's on. It's on the line. Um, so like I, but like GameCube is also weirdly on the line. I think so in my mind it is. Yeah. It, I still I would consider like maybe the beginning of retro to be that GameCube, PS2, um, Xbox era. That's pretty much what I think. I, that too. to me is the line. Like it's hazy there. Anything before that certainly is retro in my yeah. mind. Anything newer than that. Mm -hmm doesn't feel net retro. And I like, uh, honestly, if you'd asked me a few years ago, I would have probably said, well, it starts at like N64 or PS1. Yeah. But as I've gotten but older. I mean, but as we get yeah. further away from them, things start becoming retro. Yeah, so, yeah. true. So that, that that's logical, I guess. Yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like as we get further in time, what was retro becomes very retro, yeah. and then what was new becomes retro. But when I think retro, I immediately think SNES. Oh, that's yeah. the first thing I think. I mean, because that's when we were... I think SNES and I think Game Boy. That's what I think mm -hmm. immediately. Um, so, Daniel, do you keep any retro consoles <clears throat> hooked up on your TV mm, to play? No, not on my TV. Um, I, I, you know, I do have my old GameCube, and I would like to have it hooked up, but it doesn't It doesn't read discs anymore, so that sucks. Uh, and my, my SNES is at your house. Mm. Um, I mean, it's missing. It also doesn't work. Well, it's missing a piece. I think I could get that piece. Though. It's a weird little power adapter piece that they yeah, did the back, back in the day. The back part where you plug in the power uh, cable, the there's like a little plastic piece that apparently on yours somehow got knocked out, fell out. Yeah, I think it's. I think I know whose house it would be at. Yeah, I don't think I would ever be able to recover it. Um, you can probably fix that very Oh, time. yeah, I think so, too. And my uh, N64 is also at your house, and it works. It does work. Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, maybe I, I would really like to, to get myself, like, a smallish a smallish CRT TV mm -hmm. and, like, kind of set it up in here and have, like, a little retro st station. That's really mm -hmm. what I would like to have. Mm -hmm. uh, I just haven't done it yet. So, so it's in the works. But I do still play some Game Boy stuff. So uh, those aren't hooked up to the TV. No, I mean, and that's kind of this poll kind of neglects handhelds because mm -hmm. it's more, it's really catered towards like home console TV type, you know, mm -hmm. things that you'd hook up to your TV. And I do still occasionally play those old retro games, but I, I normally just emulate them. So, yeah, I, I tend to not emulate, um, you know, like right now I'm playing Paper Mario, which is an N64 game, uh, but we're playing it through Nintendo Switch Online just because using it's, the power of emulation. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, because it's, <laughs> it's easier. So, I mean, yeah. I do emulate some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but, and I want to play that, too. I, I, I never played Paper Mario. Dude, really that is a long play. game. You know what I really want to play, too? Because I watched the Nintendo Life hour-long video gushing about how this is, like, one of the greatest games ever. 
I have to play Earthbound. It's on Nintendo Switch. I know. I really want to play it. I don't know if it's going to be next or or what, but I want to play it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've always heard good things about it. Man, that video made me want to play it bad. Is it turn-based RPG? I think so. Okay. But it's it's they say it like breaks every convention that a traditional JRPG has. Mm-hmm. So I know nothing about that series. And I they also nothing. the way they described it is like they were like this is how these Japanese game developers when they were creating Earthbound. Um, probably thought about America because Earthbound is, I think, based in America. Mm-hmm. So they were like, <clears throat> it's just full of these like obscure and sometimes a little twisted like pop culture references from like back in the day. And I, I just think that'd be so cool. And we got to get the report back onto us once you play that. Mm-hmm. Andy played Earthbound on the uh, SNES Classic and he got all the way to the final boss and stopped. Maybe it's a hard <laughs> boss, man. Yeah, he, he said he like didn't go into it prepared. Mm-hmm. And that's the way some of those RPGs are, man. If you don't, and if you're like me, if you get to somewhere and you're not prepared, you hate to backtrack and grind to get ready for it again. It's just annoying. yeah. Um, but we had some comments about this poll about <clears throat> do you have any retro consoles hooked up? Um, we had Saleria Rose who said no. For retro stuff, I mostly use emulation on PC, though I still try and own the actual game when I reasonably can get a hold of it. Yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I do think that if I'm going to emulate, I would still like to have a physical version just purely for the collection. Mm -hmm. Uh, Me too. And I guess that's the legal way to do it too, which I guess you make you feel a little bit better about doing that. But still, just for me, it's just all about having it for the collection because I collect stuff. Yeah. Well, good luck if you ever try to collect Earthbound. Yeah. Did you know that every... I don't mean to keep gushing on Earthbound, but... You've never even played it, Dan. I know, but it, that video just made it sound so great. Uh, <laughs> did you know that every Earthbound came in like a huge box? Because they all came with strategy guides. Um, and they did that because they knew this was going to be marketed towards an American audience. And they didn't think the American audience was well-versed in RPGs. And they thought they would just play it and be frustrated. So they included a strategy guide in every game. Uh-huh. Probably was a wise idea. Yeah. Interesting. Those Americans don't know how to play them RPGs. That's a fact. So uh, our next comment is from Ralph Daly. He said, uh, I keep the Wii and the Wii U hooked up. The Wii for my collection of GameCube games and the Wii U for its large collection of other retro games, including all the major Zelda ones. Yeah, I mean, like the Wii U is the, because it had the, uh, the virtual, virtual console. console and on the Wii, but the Wii U had like everything. Mm-hmm. The Wii U is great for the virtual console. I mean, unfortunately those servers are being shut down in mm. March of 2023 and you'll no longer have access to purchasing games through there, which is such a shame because they have like everything. I um, know. And, then, and I don't think that'll ever be switched. So I, I think that switch, I, I think I, I disagree. I think that the switch will be getting, you think it's going to get a virtual console? No, but I think that over time we will eventually have access to pretty much everything in one way or another. Oh, I do too, but I don't think we're going to have like the virtual. Well, I don't know about everything, but I think Nintendo Switch Online is going to continue yeah. to add in sixty four. They pretty much already got all the SNES stuff that most people care about. There are True. a few things missing, uh, and NES stuff. I think the N sixty four stuff will get there, and I think that come very soon. Mm-hmm. Prediction. We're going to start to see more and more GameCube stuff. I yeah. Think, I think that's going to be a next year thing. Do you think the GameCube stuff is going to be added to NSO or do you think it's going to come in the form of like remasters and things like that? Because that's what I think. That one. Yeah. <laughs> because you think about the Switch now is gotten, <clears throat> you know, let's just, it's ballpark around 110, 115 million units sold. 
the GameCube sold like, I don't know, like 30 million. Mm-hmm. So we're talking less than a third, if not a fourth of what the Switch currently sold. Yeah. So there's so many things that people have not experienced. So many games. And uh, I think if they can just start to remaster, create collections and sell them, I think we're going to get physical versions of these, which actually mm-hmm. to me is even better. I would rather... Yeah. I mean, I have no... I, I think that the penny pincher in me wishes they just release an NSO. Yeah. And uh, I could play them that way, but the collector in me wants them to be physical versions. Yeah. I want the Game Boy stuff to go to NSO. That's and I, I think we will get that too. Yeah, I really want that. I really do, and I think that the Switch is going to be weird because I think that when we get Switch, the next iteration on the Switch, I think it's going to be fully backwards compatible with everything. Mm-hmm. I really do think that this Nintendo is hitting its stride with this console, and they found their niche, and they're going to go with it. Well, I hope so. And I hope they continue to improve online. I think they will. As long as that is the trajectory that they're on, I'm happy. I think we have good things. I think we do in terms of being able to play. Like we're about to, once they announce this um, Twilight Princess and um, Wind Waker bundle that Mm -hmm. everyone's talking about, once we get that, we're going to have every Zelda game on the Switch in one way or another. Except maybe there's some like game, like uh, maybe like some handheld, like. Yeah, yeah, 2D yeah. Zelda, but every 3D definitely, Zelda. Definitely, definitely the hand, like the Oracle games. And well, I was talking about 3D Zeldas. Every oh. 3D Zelda will be there. There's some 2D Zeldas missing, but mm-hmm. um, you know that right that's there is cool. just—it's the first time that's ever happened. Well, on Wii U, we had everything mm-hmm. up until that point as well. So I think that there's just like right. we're gonna start seeing more and more of that. We have every uh, no, not every 3D Mario because we're still missing Galaxy Two. That's the only 3D Mario we're missing. That's right. We gotta get that one. Gotta get Galaxy Two on Switch. Hmm. So interesting. Angel Sierra said, "Sometimes I want to play something retro, but it's messy to put all the cables and connect everything to work properly." Yeah, that's probably one of the. That's why I keep it hooked up. Yeah. The way I'm not like trying to put, take it in and out, mm-hmm. and you got to have the space for that, and you got to you know plan on it. But yeah. if you can do it, it's so much more convenient. Because I know that if even if I had the console sitting somewhere, and if they just weren't hooked up. I'd want to play something and be like, ah, it's mm-hmm. nah, too. I'm not going to do it. Yep. That's why I want to have like a, I want to have like a dedicated spot. They're ready to go. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to do it, that's how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's uh, a, there's a lot of solutions for that. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, yeah, I know you have a line doubler. I have the retro tank. Yeah. I have the retro tank two X now, which is a line doubler. Now there's the retro tank five X, which really is amazing, but it's expensive. Mm-hmm. The two X was expensive. The five X's. I'd really like to just find a, a non-expensive CRT TV at like a yard sale. Or something. I have one. That's what I would. Yeah, I have one. That, but I do, and I used to. Yours is big though. I don't really want one that big. It's nice though because I want it to kind of fit somewhere. That's where I used to do my all, all, all the retro consoles. Yeah. I hooked them up. That's when we used to when play. We used some to play. Mad Diddy Kong racing. Yeah, <laughs> and it's and it's a great experience on the CRTs, but um, yes, it CRT is. TV. It just feels right. It does. It just feels good. Uh, let's see. Heather Cook said only if the original Xbox counts as retro, which we already said we think is right on the line. It's, yeah, it's right on the line. Uh, she said she's got to have her Mech Assault and her NF Sug Two, NFSUG. What is NFSUG Two? I'm I'm also the best version of The Sims Two. The best version of The Sims Two. Ooh, what is man. NFSUG Two? Hold on, let me think. NFSUG Two game. Need for Speed Underground Two. Oh, Need for Speed. Isn't that, is that... Did that ever get ported? So you got to tell me about this, Heather. Mech Assault 
and this Need for Speed. See, in my mind, like pretty much every game that was a real that was released on Xbox was playable on the 360, and then the Xbox One. Like they've <clears throat> like the Xbox is so good about backwards compatibility, but I know there are some games that never got the ability to be played on future consoles. Are these games that cannot be played on future consoles, or do you just like playing them on an original Xbox? It doesn't have 360 listed as a platform, but that's probably because, well, because it, it wasn't released on it. But normally um, they're playable. Normally you can just throw the disc in. Like I've yeah. I've thrown an original Xbox disc into my uh, Series X and it can play it. So, right. I don't know. I'm gonna figure this out right now. Yeah. So, uh, but the, I know that there are some games that didn't make it. Like that you can play it on a 360. But I know that like not all of them got moved all the way up. And some games you are stuck on like the Xbox. Hmm. But it's it's pretty it's pretty few. Yeah. So I don't know. So I don't know. I don't know about Mech Assault either. I never played that. I don't know. But let us know, Heather. I'm sure you know. <laughs> I'm sure you have much much more experience than with that than we do. Um Daniel hit us with this G G V Jeevis. Jeevis S said uh that they keep their PS4 Pro hooked up so they can remote play my PS5 in case the TV is occupied. Now that is... That's not retro. The PS4 Pro, that's not retro. That's not. That's only a couple years old. That might be retro to an to like a fly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be like, yeah. it'd be many, like many, ancient history yeah. to a fly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are you a fly? Holy crap. We have flies commenting on our... Jeebus S. He's a fly. Jeevises. You a fly. All right, hit us with Steam Deck three, This was three days ago. That They're probably dead. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. We're sorry. Thank you for commenting on our YouTube videos while you were alive. We appreciate that. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll be really bad. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not even going to. Let's just not. Let's just not, not take it that dark. Yeah. Go ahead, Randy. There's a dark joke to be made there, but I'm not going to make it. Steam Deck Hub. The hub for everything Steam Deck. Apparently. Allegedly. Allegedly. I just play them on PC nowadays, if at all. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of people emulate. Yeah. It's very convenient. I, I feel get, you. I get it. And, uh, you know, I'm always torn. Like, if I want to play a retro game, I'm like, do I want to emulate it and get the convenience of having, like, save states all the time? Those are nice. Mm-hmm. There's so many convenient things. You know, I can play it on it lots of better resolution, better frame rates. Like there are so many great things that come along with emulation. Yep. But then I'm like, there is some magic about playing it on the original console. And I don't mm-hmm. it's really hard to just to decide. And I'll tell you where where uh, magic meets modern convenience is in the flash cart. <laughs> where you yeah, you can play it on the original hardware. Yes. And it feels just like And your, you still normally will get your save states and things like that. It depends on the cart, but yeah. you know, you can still have your save states, but you can still play it on OG hardware. That's mm-hmm. that's where that's the sweet spot, man. Yeah, that may be what I need to look into doing more. Um My flash cart for Game Boy Advance doesn't support save states for GBA, but it does for Game Boy and Game Boy Color. So um there may be a version out now that does, but mm-hmm. I don't even care because it lets me play any Game Boy game I'd ever want to play on a Game Boy. Right. That's too cool. Yeah, it's just too cool. So, yeah. Let us know, guys. If you didn't comment on this originally, 
Let us know if you have any retro consoles hooked up, ready to go. Why do you have them hooked up, ready to go? What's wrong with you? No, what's right about you? I'm just kidding. What's right about you? No, that's awesome. I agree with you. Okay. Well, that brings us to our final segment, Randy. Yeah, games of the week. Games of the week. What you been playing? So, I'll tell you what I've been playing. I wish you would. (laughs) This weekend, I have done nothing besides when we're gigging. We gig it a lot. We have played a lot of gigs. But when I wasn't playing gigs, I've been playing The Last of Us Part 1. Yes. And uh, it is... I'm obsessed. I'm sure. What is it? It's my favorite game. One of my favorite games of all time. And and it's presented in a way that I... I I knew it was going to be good. I knew that the presentation was going to be like top notch. Mm -hmm. But um, I didn't realize... Like part of me, the cynical side of me, thought that maybe this really was just a cash grab. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe they really were just milking. I didn't think that for one second. But now that I've played it, I realize how much love and attention they have put into making this game even better. Yeah. And uh, it, it really is like playing the game for the first time again. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it, I realized, one, how good the game is just on its own, but then all the additions that they've added in. You know, the, I think the thing that probably, weirdly enough, has been the coolest thing to me is all the new like breakables in mm-hmm. the environment and the the new sound design and it's just the like, kill animations that interact with the environments dude it is it is so much more brutal yeah it is much more in line with like what you got from part two part two was which brutal. was just like brutal in a way that no other game can convey yeah and now uh you know part one is it's the way it should have been originally yeah. it feels so right mm-hmm and, um, you know, I I don't really want to have the argument about is the game worth $70 or well, not. We just because I, I think it's kind of a, you know, like I get that, like for some people, it's just too expensive. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not, I don't think that they're wrong. Right. But I also think that for the people who want, think it is worth $70, I think they're right too. Yeah. I don't think it's as cut and dry as just saying like, it's not worth 70 bucks or it is worth 70 bucks. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that there are arguments to be both ways. Um, and I think it just depends on you. Yeah. It's a personal thing. It's, it's not just like a, a right or wrong here. Yeah. Well, I have a, a story about the last of us part one. Yeah, I know you do. So I lo- I love the last of us. It's my favorite game of all time. And I would like to be able to play part one. <laughs> and I'm I'm handling this pretty well. Like I'm not I, I'm doing okay. <laughs> and um, anyway, I pre-ordered the freaking game. <laughs> and FedEx, not to name any names here, but it was FedEx. Uh, apparently made an attempted delivery of a game. To my house and couldn't pull it off. Um, now you and I have some experience with this because we happen to be next door neighbors. Mm-hmm. And we've lived on this road for a number of years now. And what that means is that I had an especially lazy delivery driver uh, who didn't think they would be able to turn their truck around on our road. Right. Basically. That's probably what it comes down to because our road is not a throughway; It is what you might call a dead end road. But there's plenty of room to turn around, FedEx, just so you know. Uh, It's been done by bigger trucks than what you had, I guarantee it. Um, So bring me my game. 
<laughs> or else. Or I'm going to go Last of Us Part 1 on you. <laughs> is, it better show up tomorrow. And this is one of the things that, like, we've had this conversation about ordering. Hashtag pre, first world problems. Pre-ordering games through the mail is like, I I did it with The Last of Us Part 1. Yeah. Um, only I did it through Gamefly, and they shipped it through USPS. You I see did the it mail, through GameStop. And you did it through GameStop, who shipped it through FedEx. Mm-hmm. And really, them shipping it through FedEx was the problem. Yeah, it wasn't GameStop. It was. It's definitely a FedEx issue. Um, I got mine on release day. And you know, this is all, and it's all my fault because it's all because I was just too lazy to drive twenty minutes to the GameStop and just put in an in-person pre-order. But. I shouldn't have had to worry about it. Like I, I had a lot of stuff going on the past couple of weeks. Like I just, I forgot the one time I was down there. Right. Um, but you, it shouldn't have been an issue. No, it shouldn't have been an issue. But here we are, uh, you know, now as we record this, we record this on Sunday and it released on Friday and you are still without, actually, no, today is Monday. It is Monday. It is. We recorded this on Monday this time. On Labor Day. So you are now what? Four days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, four days. And you still haven't got to play Last of Us Part 1 yet. Yeah. Now all because of FedEx. Yeah. And I bet it's awesome, too. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. It's so good. All I can do is look at my Joel and Ellie poster and just think about what might be. And looking at the Joel and Ellie poster makes me think of, like, another thing that I love about it is the uh, new character models. Especially yep. Ellie. Yeah. I've already gone on record saying that I didn't like the original Ellie character model. I don't understand. I've never understood that. I, I don't have any problems with it. Well, I mean, it's Ellie. It's the Ellie I know. Yeah, I know. But now the new Ellie model looks like Ellie from part two, yeah. but younger. Yeah, and that's the way it should be. Yeah. It, I think that the Ellie model is, is much <clears throat> better. And uh, But everyone's character models have been updated. There, mm. there's so much more life in the eyes and their, you know, yeah, their facial, facial expressions yeah. are, they have little ticks and like, you can tell when they're like making like things that are just a little more expressive, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. it's just that much better. And I can tell you that like, um, the opening of the last of us is a very powerful, very emotional. I can say that with the new, um, animations and the new character models and the new facial expressions it hit me in a way much harder than it, than it did with the original i believe that yeah it's just like that much more powerful so would you go would you go on record saying it's the definitive way to play the last of us without a doubt nice. if you're gonna play the last of us you know there's no point after this to go back and play the original mm-hmm. there's just no reason because this is the game but the best version of the game yeah everything looks phenomenal oh the walk we were like <clears throat> there's like puddle reflections and things that just look so good i don't know if it's like ray tracing or i don't know mm-hmm. but it is so phenomenal the the lighting the sound design it's all it really is all top notch and if you've never played it i really do think it is worth 70 dollars. yeah i don't think there's any argument at all there well i'm excited to play yeah. it eventually when you get it i'm sorry fedex did you the way they did i'll <sighs> i'm just not I don't even know. I can't even. So all I can do is play Fortnite until they take the servers away. Well, <laughs> have you been have you been playing any other games this week? Yes, yes. Uh, so I have been playing a fair amount of Fortnite. I grinded my way to Darth Vader. Made me very happy. I can do the Imperial March, and then one second later, make him do the Money Don't Jiggle Jiggle dance. Uh, I didn't know I wanted that in my life, but now that I have it, I can't imagine an existence without it. Uh, we played a little bit of Sea of Thieves. 
Mm-hmm. But outside of the streaming games, uh, it's been Cult of the Lamb and only Cult of the Lamb. I haven't been able to play it in two days because we've been really busy. Um, but I'm going to play it today. And I'm about to beat the third of the four main bosses. So I'm getting there. Uh, and it, it's getting hard. It's getting, getting to be kind of hard. But my cult is growing, Randy. My followers have doubled in, in size and power since last we spoke. They keep procreating. And they keep dying, too. I'm t- you know, one thing, I don't know if I've told you about this, but they, like, age. Your followers age. And it, at some point, they hit a certain age, and they become elderly. And they can't work anymore when they're elderly. You can't even send them on mission trips. I thought you could. But there are some things you can do. Uh, you can let them die. Because okay. eventually they'll die. And you can bury them. And your followers can go pay respects. And that's very nice. Or you can go a different route. And you can murder them in their sleep and harvest their meat. <laughs> and feed it to your followers. Oh, no. <laughs> or you can sacrifice them in a ritual and harvest their meat. And feed it to your followers. And I've done both of those things a number of times now. But yesterday, actually I did play a little yesterday. Um, yesterday I did something new. I got a new uh, ritual. And it's called a fighting pit. <laughs> and it's like this ritual where you take two followers and you make them fight. And so I put a, the youngest follower I had against the elderly follower. Because I thought for sure the young follower would kill the elder, elderly follower. But that old guy beat the crap out of the young follower and knocked him out. And then it go, it like cuts to you. And you can give him like a thumbs up or thumbs down like Caesar style. And I mean, he'd already embarrassed me. So I gave him a thumbs down. Elder guy killed him. And we harvested his meat. That game is insane. That game is insane. It is so funny. Um... It's just great. It's a great, great, great indie game. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I haven't seen anybody talking about this game. Or at least very few people I've seen talking about it. This one's flown under the radar. Man, I've seen a lot of people talking about it. Yeah, you, I, maybe we, you must be look, You I, must be on a different part of YouTube than I, I am. I think I, watch, I think I watch more indie stuff on YouTube, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's, I don't know. Beat em Up's mentioned it. You know, Bob and, and Wood both mentioned it. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not obscure. No, no, no. But anyway, yeah, Call of the Lamb slaps. If you ain't played it yet, jump on it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, besides Last of Us Part 1, uh, I have been, I honestly, the last few days I have only been playing that. I've kind of taken a break from the other games. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I have been playing Kingdom Hearts still. I'll tell you, I got to a boss. If you play Kingdom Hearts, you got to give me some tips on how to get through this giant Ursula boss. It is so hard. Is it under the sea? It's under the sea, man. And down, uh, is everything better? Everything's better down where it's better. Take it from me, man. Okay. Um, and although there's a lot of sand, they also have a hot crustacean band. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Very well done. Yeah. So uh, this giant Ursula boss is so hard. And I have looked up guides online on how to beat it. And I still can't do it. Mm. You know, like when you, when you have a boss fight and you're like, you eventually have to take a break. And you're like, okay, I'll come back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I went back the next day, tried it. And then I was like, and then I have to stop again. And then last was part one came in, thank God. So I haven't tried yeah. it. I haven't made my day three attempt, mm-hmm. but I'm going to probably maybe later today. It helps me to just watch somebody do it. Oh, I like have, even Daniel. without Even without reading a guide, just watch somebody do it and know that it's possible. I have. You know? 
Mm. This is hard. This is like, and I and I mm. do look. You know, I've looked up a lot of stuff, and and it, everyone says on all the guys like a lot of people consider this to be the hardest boss. Okay, I get why. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts is weird in that it has some severe difficulty spikes. Hmm. Some of it's super easy, and then all of a sudden you're at the hardest thing you've ever done. That's crazy. I've never played it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's and I and it could be that I just need to go back and grind some more, and maybe I don't know. I just don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, no, you but I've been playing that, and I've been playing um, Link Between Worlds, which is also very enjoyable. But I've mm. like taken a break from both those games because Last of Us Part One is just become my obsession yeah my next uh my next switch game after i finish cult of the lamb uh i'm considering making it Link's awakening mm. speaking of zelda very, very good um i really want to play that game but i'm also i don't know i may go play earthbound i just don't know yet mm-hmm. i can tell you Link's awakening is i mean i haven't played that many 2d zeldas but mm-hmm. uh, that one is phenomenal. Yeah. I love the way it looks. I love the art style mm-hmm. on that remake. It looks so good. Yeah. It's great. So I know I'm going to love I know. I'm pretty sure I'll love both those games. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll like either one. I'm sure they'll both be good. <clears throat> but, oh, and I've been playing Paper Mario with Catherine. That's right. And but, but I mentioned that earlier. But that game is it's so much longer than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And it takes a long... I mean, it's an RPG. Yeah. Full, full-on RPG. And... Uh, but it's very good, and I'll tell you, uh, Catherine has been loving it. And I, and this is her first like turn-based RPG. Mm-hmm. She really thought that she would not like a turn-based RPG, and I'm not generally a fan of them either. But there's just something about this game, man. That's it's awesome. Good. But anyways, I think we're gonna be finished. So until next time, I'm Randy, and I'm Daniel, and this has been Gaming Gig. Peace out. <laughs>